Geek Card presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Padula Neal. You're pretty good, but me, I'm magic. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week we are talking about an issue that shows off heroes, villains, Greek tragedy, literally, and a uh, a number of touchstone moments in a comic that you would think, oh, this character, I like it when this thing happened or that thing happened. Find out that some of the biggest moments of one character's comic book run all happened in the same issue. We are talking about Daredevil 181, written and drawn by Frank Miller, with uh, finishes by Claus Jansen, dedicated to Wally Wood who was the uh, first artist to draw Daredevil in the red costume. Side note, Wally Wood, five months before, he shot himself in the head. And, yeah, nothing to do with this issue except for the fact that this issue is dedicated to his memory. So that makes that second page slash first page in the book a little more grisly, though. Yeah, yeah. It's an odd choice. <laughs> odd choice, I'll tell you very much. Petula, you obviously knew events of this issue previously, but had you read this issue before? No. Honestly, listener, I can't help but know more about uh, Daredevil than I ever thought I would. When you roll with Geekhard, you're, you're rolling with the Daredevil Hive, like the king of the Mad Hive. That's Andrew, basically. So. Um, as much as I may joke about F-Boy Matt, uh, I have developed a love for him, a knowledge of his movements in and out of the bedroom, on the streets, in the courtroom. So occasionally I'll go into the Unlimited and just cruise around. Sometimes I'll just look at the pictures and like ask Andrew about something. He'll just tell me a whole story. But this one specifically, I'm glad that we're doing just this one mm. because it's giving... Everything that anybody, if you've ever liked anything about Daredevil, if you came in through comics, through, you know what, maybe you like that movie. If you came in through the show, if, you know, you just watched a Spider movie, perhaps, and really liked The Lawyer. Like, this is... Multiple (laughs) Spider-Man cartoons through the years he's appeared in as well. Yeah. Yeah. If any of those sort of elements, like, this is giving all of it. It's giving you the pathos. It's leaning into the tragedy of his adult life, the tragedy of his backstory, the way he's perceived versus the way he feels about his like day to day and what he has to do, how his biggest weakness was and continues to be the people closest to him Mm. and, you know, helps to once again, reinforce the risk that a lot of our heroes have to consider of if people knew who I really was, what would happen to the people around me? Would they get hurt just because of that? And uh, this one really, it hits, but there's also funny moments. Like the, the line you open the show with, I paused because I was choking back a lot thinking what a great pickup line that would be for someone. (laughs) (laughs) It's not used like that in the book at all, but I'm like, Oh, that's, that's pretty good. 
Yeah. It's one of those ones, okay, because it's interesting you bring up, you brought up briefly the 2003 movie. There's a lot of people, critics that were like, they tried to jam too much into one movie and that's why it failed. I'm like, no, they just did it wrong because this comic is shorter than the movie and that's where all of the information came from. Like every, like all the major plot points of the movie come from this specific issue. And like, it's a double-sized issue, granted, but still it's yeah, the only one thing that's missing is top of the morning. Yeah, pretty much. It's one single issue. And in this single issue, we see Bullseye's escape from prison. We see Electra attempting to murder Foggy Nelson. We see Electra die at the hands of Bullseye. We see her crawl to Matt Murdock's home to die in his arms. We see basically Daredevil go out for revenge. And oh, wait, don't forget our other favorite shared boyfriend, Punisher. Oh, right. Yes. The pun- yeah. We see the Punisher <laughs> in prison, um, which, uh, of course, they wouldn't be holding him long either. And we see Daredevil go out for vengeance and basically let Bullseye fall to his supposed death, but not his death, just his uh, just complete paralysis from top to bottom. So it is like a really like, like I mentioned the Greek tragedy thing. Of course, that was, you know, a joke about Electra. But then, of course, the character of Electra in this, like the way that Miller wrote the character Electra in Daredevil was a take on the classic, like, like the Greek classic Electra. So her character is based on that. So you've got the kind of classics element in there, the melodrama. But then you've also got like really good cohesive storytelling. And you've got the fact that Bullseye, a guy who issues earlier, had a tumor in his brain and all he could see was Daredevil. And so he was just mass killing people. He was put into prison. Like, of course, they got the tumor out. He was put into prison. And now, you know, there's the assessments on is he still mad or anything? And he's, he's, he's still a crazy person, but it's a much more calculated story. Plus, you get... A stand-in for Tom Snyder, which I find hilarious, which they didn't even bother, like, like really coming up with a clever name. They just call him Tom Snide. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, I guess, sure, they're not going to, he wouldn't, like, if Tom Snyder wasn't happy with that, he could have easily sued. That was obviously him. But, uh, yeah, you get this, like, really interesting climax to what was, like, I guess probably about a year and a half of stories in Daredevil. That all like they tie up all these loose ends beautifully, but then open up new questions all at the same time, which would go on to the second half of Miller's run. There's a lot in this book. I think that my favorite moment was the Punisher bit in the prison because it yeah. was it's early on. Oh, yeah. And I had that kind of same thought, like, how much is going to be in here? Like, this is it's advertised and it's not a spoiler. And if you're listening to this you know the drill already, listener. We're going to tell you our feelings about everything. Like, you know, this is about Electra from Jump, but I'm like, I thought this was about our girl Electra, and I'm already seeing like Bullseye talking to Punisher in prison. Like, what, what else is going to happen here? And it was Punisher just being so, such a troll. Like, yeah. Yeah, he murders, but we also sometimes we forget that like Punisher just says the most wild stuff to people just to egg them on. He's like, well, you know, you can just break out. Yeah, <laughs> he wants he, him to break out so that he could break out and then murder him later. Yeah, if, well, it's like, yeah, because yeah, like he even throws out to him. He goes, he goes, it's like, oh, you're waiting around for Kingpin to break you out. 
Uh, Kingpin's got a new top assassin. He doesn't care about you anymore and gives him the impetus to want to break out himself to get vengeance on everybody. And of course, Bullseye, you know, because he's just a desire for killing and, you know, a, uh, a poor mental health state is what he's in. So, of course, when like he he'd puts- murder for free, but he'd like to get paid. So he needs to see who's trying to, like, steal his job. Yeah, exactly. And so when he shows up to confront Kingpin, Kingpin easily manipulates him into, well, fine. You want to go kill Electra? He's like, you know, you can get your job back if you kill her. There you go. Whoever's standing, that'll be my assassin sort of thing. You know, and, and at the same time, Electra is betraying Kingpin by not killing Foggy Nelson, which if you look at the earlier issues Electra, her kills and stuff like 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 a crazy kill at one point is in a movie theater. An informant for uh, Ben Urich is stabbed right through the chest in front of him, and uh, she's basically telling him, "You shut the fuck up. You better not print any crap." So to see her like have this moment of vulnerability, realize recognizing Foggy Nelson and Foggy, of course, recognizing her as calling her Matt's girl. I mean, really reductive. But it does save his life. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So she's basically really in shock by that because it's sort of like she hasn't thought about that past in that way for that long. And a civilian, someone who's not a combatant saying that to her is kind of like shocked. Her, like, what am I doing? I got to get away from this sort of thing. So speaking of crazy people. This is written and drawn by Frank Miller, who, when he was asked about this book, this particular issue around the time that the movie came out, he was like, I was shocked that Marvel let me print it. And they're like, why? He goes, well, there's a rape in it. He's like, what are you talking about? He goes, when Bullseye kills Electra, the way that sword is piercing through her, he goes, that's a rape. And that's what he pitched it. And it was sort of like, huh. So he saw that as like the murder is much more like complete violation. Sort you of know thing. what? We've all had our thoughts about Mr. Mill over the years, but I kind of like the idea that he thinks any non-consensual penetration is a rape. Good for you, Frank Miller. Yeah. The way he always drew like a a sigh going through somebody, the way there was Electra using it or Bullseye, is that it would go through the person's entire body, but it would not pierce the clothing on yeah. the other side of the person. It would pop out like it was like a tent. And I always thought that was interesting. It's like it's like it's like the the sigh has all like this power, and then when it gets to the that that last little piece of cloth it's like just runs out of steam yeah it's like i can't do it just <laughs> prop it up it's I was a cool like, is visual it just, did it catch like you know on the c4 or whatever like a little bit of spine so like it got through but it's like there's some spines poking out there too like i don't know it's a weird visual yeah it's like but i do like that you just don't have somebody like fully like through and through impaled yeah pretty much yeah. or it's just that that panel is catching that moment before it pierces the clothes yeah yeah no it is uh it is kind of crazy yeah but i you would notice frank style definitely like he's he's giving dame to kill for like there's one page of electra where we're getting the big big eyes the big lips like we and then i immediately mentally flash back to the original i think proposed desired casting for sin city 2 where it was originally going to be angelina jolie before it ended up being eva green and it's like oh he just keeps drawing the same broad but yeah So it's like big eyes, big lips, and then like a side shot like of shoulders and butt and thighs that could easily be any of his heroes. Could he could throw a cape on this and it could be Batman? Like it's just (laughs) like her shoulders are like, yeah, I lift, bro. But the face is giving Jolie. I love it. I love that about Frank. It's like it's strong features all the way through. Yeah, totally. And it's like 
it is paced out like a, like an action film because it's like every seven or eight pages we get a fight in this book whether it's bullseye versus the guards electra versus bullseye bullseye versus daredevil this is like it's funny because it's known as the death of electra and like her death is like the major component of the story but the issue is mainly a showcase on bullseye and in fact of course he does the narration for most of the story as well so we get to see the inner workings of it. Yeah. I almost wish this was the movie they made and they never would have considering who the leads were. They were, I guess, arguably the bigger stars in Colin Farrell. But like this would have been a much more interesting approach for that film to sort of have it be from the POV of the psychosis of Bullseye and what moves him and him observing him figuring stuff out, him still getting tricked at the end. Um, but ultimately just not great endings for anyone. A little bit of kingpin just being you know worst best recruiter ever it looking at matt from the outside like watching him in court watching him like during the course of an investigation at the morgue watching someone clock him noticing stuff Mm. based on the sound of someone's voice and it just you know we talk a lot about how every hero has their rogues gallery but then they have like their ultimate antagonist who sees themselves as the protagonist this is the best case for like this could have been called like bullseye number one or whatever like i would have yeah no totally and talking about that you know juxtaposition of the two characters of course in the final fight the two of them much like the other times they faced off in the comics preceding and after this they're so evenly matched because you got a guy that a guy that's got the perfect aim. Now, of course, like in later years, they people would lean on that when they write him and they say, Oh, he's not a great physical fighter, he's just got perfect aim. And it's like back here, he was given the respect of being pretty good at the hand-to-hand as well, being toe-to-toe with Daredevil and having almost the same amount of like balance to his body and everything. Just and and with, not being too overconfident, being yeah. able to even mid-fight appreciate another fighter's skills and either level up or make adjustments accordingly. Like initially when fighting Electra was like, I'm just going to like ice this lady and then, oh, girl's got skills. I need to adjust for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but when you get down to the final fight with Daredevil, of course it ends up on that clothesline and there's the period where Bullseye's falling off because he loses his balance and Daredevil catches his hand and Bullseye starts freaking out. He's like, no, you know, you won't save me. Like, not like before kill you. I'll kill you. And it's sort of like, it's almost like Daredevil grabbed him to save him out of instinct, not because he wanted to, but because that's just what he does. And listening to Bullseye just yell all this like vitriol at him made him kind of snap back into his original thoughts of vengeance and go, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to save you. Yeah. Yeah. You'll kill no one ever again. And just lets him go. And he falls. And like, you see like the, the awkward way that he falls, obviously breaking like every bone in his body. And that's where it's like, you look back at these stories and it's something that, you know, it was established by the Miller runner and it's kind of been there ever since is that daredevil is not a hero. Daredevil is the protagonist. Daredevil deep down wants to always do good, but He lets a lot of his own personal issues influence how he's a hero. You know, like when you think of like Captain America or Spider-Man, they're kind of like, well, like Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. And Captain America always kind of standing up for the ideal of America, not America itself, but what I, what he believes America could be. Whereas Daredevil, he has the set rules of the law, which he enforces them by breaking them, you know? No, Matt Murdock's the hero. Daredevil is working out his stuff from his childhood and the accident and all of his 
very unsuccessful relationships. Like, yeah, and has a sense of justice and whatever. But the the real hero is the the blind lawyer. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like it's interesting because like you can't separate Matt from Daredevil, but it's very obvious that while they're not two distinct personalities, they are two distinct ideologies which he carries. Two very different alignments on the D and D chart for these. Uh, entities. Yeah. yeah. I like the fact that there's like a grittiness to it. It isn't like somebody saying, I'm better than you. It's him saying, I, this is what, this is all I know what to do. I don't know how to deal with this except through this way. And y- that issue is kind of like the ultimate example of that, of that it's like Daredevil's not a hero. Daredevil is just, you know, a f- like a natural reaction to his own environment and history. If every time you finished doing your good works for the day, but you tried to relax, take a shower, go to sleep, and all you heard was uh, cries for help and crimes being committed, and you knew you had the skills to stop that, and you also had a, a series of beefs, uh, legitimate and or self-inflicted, uh, to work out. Yeah, I'd probably hit the streets with a, with a couple of sticks myself. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why Matt always has to do something to fill his nights, whether it's, you know, letting people catch those hands or, you know, hitting the sheets. He's got to do something to drown out the sounds. Yeah, no, totally. The other thing that that, uh, I find really interesting is, of course, Electra crawls to Matt's apartment to die in his arms. In this series, they were like, it's not like they got back together and were a couple again, you know, in the issues before this. She came back into his life as an assassin that he was trying to stop. And this is the only real moment in this first initial run of Electra. This is the only tender moment between her and Matt that happens in the present day. But for good or for ill, definitely not good for feminism. She's Matt's girl. That's what saved Foggy's life. And yeah, that's but, what yeah. this is telling us in her last moments, how she identifies. Well, that's the thing. Like she, it's very, like it's kind of been stated. It was been heavy, heavy handedly stated later in the Daredevil series, but here is just shown through the stories that, while Matt Murdock has had many loves and has taken his mask off for a lot of girls, Electra's only true love has been Matt Murdock. And it's an interesting kind of take on that, that it's like a woman who has obviously been through a lot and has kind of stripped herself of her own humanity. That's her one connection to the humanity she once had. He's her weakness, very much so in this episode, this issue especially. And she very much is his in that, you know, he tries to do good most of the time, occasionally murders accidentally. But yeah, letting Bullseye drop, he didn't know how many bounces he's going to have on the way down. Like he could have murdered him. And the why of that is 100% her. No, totally. And those three characters, you know, would go on to have various different stories. Of course, Daredevil would continue on. Uh, Electra wouldn't make it a whole year being dead, being resurrected in issue 190, first started by the hand, but then... Uh, Stone of the Chaste and Daredevil kind of finished off the job of resurrecting her. And uh, that's why when she is resurrected, she is not an agent of evil for the hand. She's kind of like out trying to find herself on her own walkabout. And Miller couldn't keep her dead. He was like, we have to bring this character back. Either he wanted himself or it was just the fans wanting it. But uh, within a year, she was back in the land of the living. And Bullseye, the next time we'd see him, would be in one of my favorite issues 
the uh, last issue of the Frank Miller first run on the book. And uh, that is uh, issue 191, where Daredevil, he's not in a good place because a kid of a, uh, a convict that he put in jail and the Daredevil stopped, that kid going through some mental issues ended up taking out a gun and, uh, you know, lost his life. And so where does he go to talk about this? He breaks into Bullseye's hospital bed with a revolver with one bullet in it and forces Bullseye to play Russian roulette with him while he tells him the story. That's why I always say uh, Daredevil's not a hero. (laughs) Daredevil is just Daredevil. And it is one of the most intense stories because, again, this is Bullseye. We've seen what happened to him there. We saw him in the last page of this book in that hospital bed. He's still in that hospital bed. He still can't talk. He still can't move. And this guy is just looming over him with a revolver just ready to be like, well, we'll see if one of us lives. I just it just makes me like slash love Electra a little bit more because she's fridge proof. Yeah. Yeah. You can't yeah. you can't keep her down. It's no, like that not. busted fridge. You just you try to shut the door and hold. <laughs> girl's like i'm coming now <laughs> yeah lazarus ain't got nothing on our girl love that for her mm-hmm. but yeah matt is a mess i love that for him though i think that i'll never love him as much as you but i think that's why i do love him because he's got needs he's got base desires revenge big fan of revenge yeah and this is why this is also why I when people say, oh, he's he's the Batman of Marvel. It's like, no, he's not the Batman of Marvel because Batman basically divorced himself from humanity when his parents died. Like he lets things seep in through and he cares about people, but he doesn't like to show anyone. And he has Alfred to yeah. kind of keep him keep him in check. Whereas yeah. Daredevil is like, I'm going to show everyone exactly how I feel all the time. And I'll be damned if you know if this ruins your life. I don't care sort of thing. He's a very selfish hero who tries to do the good things, which, you know, is kind of like what most of humanity really is like. For all the evil lawyer jokes, it is a bit funny that the best part of him is the lawyer part. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, definitely issue 181 as a stand. The other great thing about it is if you don't know what came beforehand, you don't know what came after. It is still a very tight standalone issue. There's a few bits of dialogue that explain the things you need to know. And that's all you need to know. And you can have a really satisfying read with just one issue. And so many characters that may or may not uh, be joining the phase whatever of the MCU. So if you want to uh, be that person that can say, well, actually, and blah, 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 blah. This is a great one to pull out. (laughs) Definitely. And uh, also, I didn't say it at first, but the main reason why we did this issue is that uh, when this episode drops, it'll be one day before my birthday and I like to do Daredevil stuff around my birthday. So there we go. Listeners, I hope all of you remember to tell Andrew happy birthday or leave him a five-star review. Uh, I'll probably forget. I'm terrible with birthdays. Uh, (laughs) My excuse is that since I deleted Facebook, I don't know anyone's birthday. So yeah, happy birthday. There we go. And you'll get to hear it if you listen to the episode. (laughs) You're right. You're right. I'll get to hear if I listen to the episode the week this comes out. Yes. There we go. Oh, man. Well, this has been another episode of Back Issue Bloodbath. Tula, where can people find you? At com on Twitter at ObesaKantawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you. Of course, you can find everything I do over at GeekCardShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at GeekCard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post the new episodes every week. Of course, the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, 
Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And please, while you're there, please drop us a five-star rating review because when you're listening to this episode, it's the day before my birthday and it'll be a great birthday present, as Petula mentioned. This has been Back Is Your Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Petula Neal. Have yourself a good...